You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Pete Weatherburn is here. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Declan. Good morning to you. And we are talking animals and pets and all that sort of stuff. Just when I mentioned earlier on, we had a, a text in here. Do you want to deal with this first sure, before to the, the other campaign? Um, for Pete, I adopted a female Neapolitan puppy, now 11 months, very dominant, and has now taken to escaping from our two-acre garden. Nice garden, which has a natural boundary. I've tried an electric collar, but she doesn't feel it. I've owned large and small dogs for 40 years. Help, please, says Tina in Ratadrum. What's a Neapolitan? Well, I presume she means a Neapolitan Mastiff, which is a bit like a cross between a St. Bernard and a Great Dane. I say that knowing I'm going to upset Great Dane and St. Bernard owners, but for it's the not, layperson... It's not green or white or red or anything like that. Mixed with <laughs> 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 Strawberry, vanilla and chocolate. Yeah. No, An Italian uh, dog or something, <laughs> isn't it? No? No, they're, uh, um, they're, they're, they're just they're very big, very big animals anyway. And so, you know, um, trying to keep one penned in is is, is big challenge. It's interesting that she's had uh, little success with the electric shock radio colours. Um, I'm not surprised. Those can work. They can work well in some circumstances, but often they don't work well. And one of the problems being that if if some if a dog wearing one of those collars, you know, as it gets close to the, the, the line under the ground, it gets a little buzz, a little beep first of all, then as it goes over the line, it gets a little electric shock, and that then stops it wanting to go over the line. That's how it works. But the problem is, if they run through it at speed, they then can't get back in again, because if they go try to get back in, they also get an electric shock. So, you know, they definitely are uh, things which need to be used, you know, really with a great deal of caution, and I wouldn't really recommend them. Um, what she needs to do, I'm afraid, is simply physically have her dog penned up. And there's, there's no other way to do it. There's, you know, you, you're responsible for what your dog does. And if you have a dog like that, a big dog, out of control, roaming the countryside, it's a complete recipe for utter disaster. And, you know, your dog's going to end up chasing sheep. Um, it's going to end up running into the road and causing road accidents. As a responsible owner, you simply have to keep your dog penned up. And that, you know, that so, means so physical... So basically what you're saying is uh, that uh, Tina uh, uh, might be sort of looking for some way of dog negotiation, but really nothing will beat penning it up and, and not l- letting it uh, have any escape route there's, whatsoever. There's, there's lots of dogs that learn to stay around the backyard and you don't need to pen them up because you know they're going to be there. You know they're not going to wander off. But once a dog has enjoyed a taste of freedom, once a dog has enjoyed the pleasure of running through the open countryside, you know, it's not going to stop doing that. It's just not going to do it. You, you're going to have to Put a physical barrier, like an eight-foot wall or an eight-foot fence, around that dog, or around where that dog is when it's on its own. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem. And I'm sorry, but there's no other answer, okay. in my opinion. All right. Okay. There you go. Sorry about that. Um, uh, Pete, tell us about uh, this uh, campaign against fur. Fur is uh, starting to come back in again. People are wearing real fur. It went through a phase where people were wearing fake fur. Uh, now there's so much fake, people are sneaking in with some... Uh, real fur and now there's another campaign to stop it. What's the what's the difficulty with people wearing fur? Well, I mean, I, I, I agree you could argue in some ways look, people wear leather on their shoes all the time people eat meat, why not wear fur? I, I think to me the problem is the way that fur is farmed and basically what that means is that you're taking wild animals like mink and fox animals that aren't used to being domesticated, if you remember cattle and sheep 
they are actually, they've been domesticated for thousands of years, and so they're relatively placid, they're easy to herd, they don't get stressed by being kept in, in you know, uh, by being shepherded around by humans. The animals that are used for fur, um, they're wild animals, they're very stressed by being confined. Um, and what that means is that the, 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 um, the way that they're farmed, it's difficult for it to come up to the several levels of animal welfare that people um like to have for, for, you know you you it's very very difficult i would say impossible to farm fur without inflicting some type of cruelty on those animals that's the real issue here well this came up during um an election one time i think yeah. the green party were pretty uh, heavy on it well, and they wanted yeah. to, to ban in this country uh, ban uh, fur farming in this country uh, and minks and all that sort of stuff mm. and we had the people on representatives of uh, that industry yeah. and uh, they were saying you know it makes a fortune for the country it that's and that's that makes it a very difficult argument to have in the current economic climate um but, you know, there's lots of businesses that could make a, a, a pile of money for the country. It doesn't mean that we should do them. You know, should, should we start um, reintroduce dog fighting? Illegal dog fighting is illegal now. Should we introduce that? Because it make a pile of money for the country. You get folk flooding in from Europe to watch dogs fighting. No, that's not what they're saying. You? They're saying that, uh, that minks are there and uh, they're bred and then they are humanely killed with some sort of gassing or something like that. And then they take the furs off and they sell them and uh, it is... That's what they're. That's that's, that's their. That's their angle. That's what they say. But there have been official reports done by the government, by independent people, into the whole process. And it's, I would, I would, I would say that the argument is quite strongly against what they're saying, from the point of view of humane killing and that kind of aspect, or just the way that they're kept in small spaces, where um, they 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 fight each other because they're feeling so stressed. Um, so they have injuries on them. And will fur uh, be imported? Will will fur be well, available uh, in shops in, in big stores in the centre of Dublin? Imported? Do, do, do people need fur? Do people no, but hold on a second. You're shifting what, what it is. Um, either we do it here or we import it because the demand is there. Well, no, that's that's you, you, that's not quite true. Either we do. Either people, if people stop buying fur, then there's no need to import it. You know, so that's really what this this latest campaign is about. It's trying to persuade people: look, you don't need fur. There's lots of other perfectly good items of clothing. Do the Eskimos need fur? Well, they get cold. Like it's a whole different thing, isn't it? Like there's a function there. But do Eskimos need fur? Do they need fur? Well, there's lots of synthetic synthetic types of insulation now, isn't there? I mean, it's a really big subject that Declan. A lot of it's right, kind okay. of theoretical. But listen, there's a campaign on at the moment. Yeah. There, well, um, um, as is often the case, an, an, an Irish actress, it's often actresses and models seem to come, seem to come out and make these statements, but. Um, Rachel Pilkington, who is a regular in Glen Row and, and has been the, she was a regular in Glen Row and she's been in the clinic more recently. She starts a campaign to have um, breeding and um, and, and um, farming of, of of mink and fox fur in this country to be banned. So, like, it's currently banned in other countries like the UK and uh, other European countries. And you know, it, I do think it's just a matter of time before. Um, it's banned in this country. I and see is there that, a website to go with it? Um, well, the, the organisation who, who are most... Well, there's, there's several organisations involved in this campaign. Compassion and World Farming is the one that's been campaigning for this for a long time. And Compassion, Compassion and World Farming, they're a bunch of people who care deeply about animals and they're, they're not sort of 
animal rights lunatics or anything like that. They simply want animals to be farmed in a way which is fair to the animals. And they've been speaking out against fur farming for a long time. Um, and there's another group, the Animal Rights Action Network, which is uh, ARAN, A-R-A-N. They're the ones who, who, who have been more recently involved in taking undercover video footage of, of, of mink farms to try to demonstrate to people, look, this is, re- this is what's really happening and there's no point, point in time to dress it up and make it sound like it's, like it's fun for the animals. It isn't fun for the animals. Okay. All right, thanks very much indeed, uh, Peter Weatherburn, our vet. A uh, piece is from um, Bray Vet, an old Connor in Bray. You can see him on TV3 as well. And he's got his website, which is petethevet.com.